Hello and welcome back to e-commerce uncovered yet again another episode lovely lovely guest today I love talking to people much smarter than me about most e-commerce things this week I'm welcomed by Lexi Bennett Clavio email e-commerce freelancer extraordinaire of all things email and Clavio Lexi how the heck are you welcome to the show I'm good thank you and uh, no pressure to anyone listening, but this may or may not be Lexi's first podcast recording, so everyone True. get ready for a good time. So you are really more prepared than me today, and you actually brought some topics you wanted to talk about, and I think this will be really helpful for a lot of brand owners, especially, the again, those early days, early stages. We're talking, you don't even have a full agency or maybe a part-time freelancer, but today we're going to focus on a self-guided Clavio audit. And Lexi has about 10 things that we're going to kind of talk and discuss and go through. So Lexi, what is the number one thing you want to start with? What, and this could be a, uh, I walk into a Clavio account and you're just like red flags. Your heart drops. <laughs> you're like, oh no, this brand. Or, you know, ah, oh, yes, I can come save the day. Because <laughs> like, it's so not... There's a lot to go there. So what's the number one thing you start with? Yeah. So uh, when I log into a new Klaviyo account, I actually have like a massive checklist spreadsheet, always a spreadsheet for me, um, of just like all the different things I've ever seen gone wrong ever, plus just every note I can think of. And I condense that down to just the 10 biggest points um, and wrote that down. So number one is, and this doesn't have... This is an email, but it affects email a ton. Do you have a clear brand guide? Because if you go to sit down and write an email and you don't have a solid understanding of your messaging and your brand guide and your colors and what photography that you use and just how you describe your product and its unique benefits, you're, you're just starting from a blank page. <laughs> so, so the hardest part when I go to write emails for a brand is if I don't have a clear direction of like, how am I even describing the product? Because I'm not a copywriter as much. I don't define your brand or your market position or anything. So yeah, number one, like have in front of you the brand guide, like the holy grail Bible brand guide. So number one, have that brand guide. Have Don't start from scratch every time. That's That makes it hard. It's more overwhelming. You're like, oh, I don't know what to put where. Uh, so definitely have those key components that you can just refer back to over and over and tweak as you go and over time. So brand guideline, tone, voice, colors, fonts, all that good stuff. Uh, so definitely start out with that, uh, so that you maintain the brand consistency, right? It's throughout the ads, the website, the email, like all parts you want to kind of keep it all together. Right. Um, cool. So that's number one. So then what would be your next thing or what's another uh, major point? Yeah. So every time I don't know what I'm doing, like I sit down and I'm like, I don't even know where to begin with this, <laughs> like brand guide. So I can refer to that, you know, look at who the customer is. So once I've done that, then I really like step into the emails and think, I just start from the beginning of the customer journey and look at how are emails being captured. Typically that's a couple of different ways, like the footer, the pop out, the checkout page on Shopify. And just see, is it, first of all, is it connected? Because that's not always the case. <laughs> but is everything connected? Like, is it feeding into Clavio onto the same master list? And uh, does it make sense? Like, is there an incentive? Does it pop up when it's supposed to? Is, like, the button even there on the checkout page to subscribe to newsletters? So, yeah, just where are the leads coming from? Do those entry points make sense for the customer? Right. So before we even get into all the technical, the data, the open rates and click through and this flow and that filter, it's do you, are you even capturing email and are, are you giving, are you capturing it and then also putting it in the right place, which is in your ESP, your email service provider, which for many e-commerce brands, it's Klaviyo. We're not sponsored by Klaviyo yet, um, but it is just a very well-known, very powerful tool. So just make sure you're getting that correctly. So that way, in the following steps, you can likely have accurate data and accurate information to actually make assumptions and 
uh, take action on. So check that out. Make sure it's all connected. And uh, I heard you use it before we move on to the next point. I heard you use a term master list uh, or like a master segment. Can you explain what uh, a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so in Klaviyo or whatever your ASP is, there's you can make a bunch of different email lists and that comes from like different areas. So if you did a giveaway with another brand, maybe they send you a CSV file, a bunch of emails, or maybe if people entering from your pop-up, that's different than when they purchase and they get an email. I filter all of those into one list and then I just tag those emails with where they came from so that if I need to go back and look at like where our emails are coming from, what's working, what's not, I do that rather than having like 40 different lists because then it gets really confusing and difficult to like when you're doing your monthly reporting to track what's working, where is it coming from? Because someone can be on like six different lists at once and I don't want to, you know, triple count them. So yeah, one list, just tag them, tag the emails. One list, tag them, and then you can separate out. And that's uh, technically a list. Like that's the feature, right? Is a list versus when you start to segment out people it's literally called segments right in clavio yeah cool yeah list so that... is like solid you know and segments are dynamic so you uh... can just put in different conditions and then it'll like bring up a filter of that list to tell you who would fit the filters perfect uh for <laughs> for to over to continue to simplify it make sure everyone's got it master list is the phone book uh oh, hold on the... we got we got people looking at <laughs> that's okay give me a second <laughs> yeah yeah no worries i'll hold it okay we're good we're good okay Sorry. so we were talking about well, lists and segments all good yeah yeah so to make sure it's really clear really uh almost oversimplified uh to make sure we're on the same page a master list in clavio or list is like the phone book where it has all the data and the records and then the the segment is maybe a category or what you want to pull out from the master list, right? That's what you use in your flows and your campaigns and these other things. So two separate things. Sometimes people use them interchangeably and on purpose, sometimes on accident. So I just wanted to clarify how we're using them for this. So make sure that's all connected. You got your master list being fed. All the data connections are good. Now what? What's, what's the next thing? Yeah. So the next thing is uh, number three, I jump into the welcome flow because the welcome flow gives me like the little tour of your brand. Like, who are you? What do you do? What do you sell? How do I find you on the internet? Why are you doing what you do? So I dig into the welcome flow and first of all, make sure that it's set up correctly as in it has the right triggers. So the right people are going to it. Um, and I usually do welcome flows only to non-customers. So once they make a purchase, they stop getting those welcome emails and they start getting a post-purchase nurture welcome email. So it's still similar content, but it's not like buy something at the bottom because they just did. So welcome flows, um, I make them usually a little bit longer than most people and I focus on personalizing the content and really telling the story of your brand as if someone walked into your store and was like, what, what is this place? Like, you need to start from the beginning and explain who you are, what do you do, have a picture of your product right at the front and explain why it's different than every other product. Man, so many good little things to unpack there. So let's go back and review. Well, the welcome flow is the entrance to your brand. It's a brand experience. I love the, the way you phrased that and it's a good place to start because it's non-purchasers so it's uh which is <laughs> most people <laughs> that visit your site are non-purchasers so definitely a uh if you're, you're you're swamped on getting ready for black friday or you have a million other things to do as a brand owner focus on the welcome flow the high impact area first which is non-customers which is again most of your visitors uh so focus on non-customers and you, and you mentioned you like doing a little bit longer than most or normal. Can you explain uh, why you would recommend a longer uh, sequence for some people versus uh, a shorter one? Is there a difference? Just like, would love to yeah. hear a little bit more about that. I think Clavio's default is three and mine are usually six. 
six more more um because uh, the welcome flow and the abandoned car flow are like first impression emails if you can nail those then you establish this baseline trust with your person that they know when they're going to get an email from you they're going to open it like there are some people or brands that i'm just such a fan of that like it it doesn't even matter what their subject line says like if they pop up in my notifications like i want to see what they're sending me because I trust that they're going to send me something I want to see. So I put just as much priority and time into the first impression emails, the ones that get the most traffic that people are most likely to see to just establish an immediately like a level of trust of like, this is exactly what you signed up for. It's answering the questions I knew you already would have and it's fun and entertaining and it looks good. Um, yeah. So that's what I focus on. Yeah. And, and typically, to really flush that out and to really give each piece of that um, brand story, that that like welcome, that first impression, takes multiple emails. It's it's hard to do in, in three quick ones, right? It's usually, uh, I'm not the email expert, but it's something like first one, here's the coupon code you signed up for, here's the brand, here's the product, okay, bye, we'll see you in a few days. Next one, really, you know, like, it's hard to really go in depth if you just, smash it all into three. So I, I totally get, um, yeah, I totally get why you do that and why some brands that makes a lot more sense for than others. Well, and people are skimmers, right? They'll just like skim. If it's a very long email, they'll just read the headlines. So just one point per email. That's all you need. Like first email, just hand them the discounts. So it matches the pop-up so that if you do a giveaway in the pop-up, like make sure you're talking about that in the first email. So they're like, oh yeah, this is, I just, so I consented to this. <laughs> um, and then, you know, tell your story, invite them to social media, maybe explain your product, maybe diff answer different FAQs, show testimonials or before and afters or UGC, whatever, but keep it like one focus per email and one call to action as well. And uh, if you try and smash that all into one email, people will just scroll past it and ignore it or they'll forget it really fast. So one focus, one email. And then also when one of your emails in this long sequence isn't doing very well, you know why, because it only talks about one thing and you're like, okay, that did not resonate. Let's switch it up and fix it. Or if it's in the middle of like four other different sections in an email, you don't know why that email's not performing as well. It That's just helps so, with testing. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, you're, this is all amazing, really good stuff. and. Think about just try to, again, just try to put another perspective and to get people to really latch on. Think about the emails you send for work. What, like you send three questions to a client. Sometimes they don't even answer all three. They get, they like see the first one or they pick the one that's important to them and then they ignore the rest. And then you're like, oh, okay. No. Hold. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Not, Put not in a all of my post. clients. Yeah, 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 right? So email, yeah. Slack, like, what Lexi's saying here is so important, but so foundationally simple that we all are looking for the latest tactic and hack and this and that, where it's one email, one message, one call to action. That Take that away. Money in the bank. That's really good. Whoever's editing this episode, clip that last part. That was so good um great stuff so um before we move on to the next point i just want to give a shout out to mr andrew foxwell and austin bronner they did a 20 point facebook ads teardown episode a couple of years ago lexi pointed out that she really liked that one and is sort of mimicking that uh that style of episode for this 10 point audit and so just shout out to you too you guys helped Personally, I can speak for myself, helped me a lot, but have helped uh, us a lot in our journey. So uh, shout out to you guys. Next point, yeah. <laughs> that being oh, said. Yeah, I'll go back to that real fast. When you yeah. asked me to be on a podcast, I was like, so there was this one episode, it was years ago, like multiple years ago. And I, I'm i sure like the views on that episode are very inflated because I've listened to it like at least a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> like I was a baby Facebook marketer. I had no idea what I was doing. And I, that episode was like my guidebook on what I was doing. I listened to it so many times. And when I brought that up to you and you actually knew exactly the episode I was talking about, I was like, 
yes, I want to do something similar, but for email, just like pay it forward in the universe. Like that episode helped me so much. And this is like my email, like version of it, the Lexi version of that checklist. Yes. Uh, that's way better background and story and uh, details there. So thank you for adding on to that. Um, just wanted to give them a quick shout. Okay. Back to email, back to uh, the welcome flow. You go, you look through that. That's the main thing. And then I want to clarify as well, because now it's been a few minutes, the post-purchase flow. And so non non-customers and subscribers get the welcome flow. But once you purchase, you stop the welcome flow and start this um, post-purchase onboarding flow. Can you tell me what that is, what the difference is, and then a little bit more uh, details of why? Yeah, so I don't want someone to get sales language right after they made a purchase, especially if there's like a discount that they didn't use. Like, oof. That's awful. So I make sure that once someone's made a purchase, <clears throat> there's like a stop to all sales language. They don't get campaign emails, like those one-off emails. They don't get the welcome sequence anymore. They get their own version of a welcome messaging, but without the sales call to action. Instead, I'm asking them different things like interact with us on social media or take a picture of you with the product or tell us what you think about it. Like I'm asking, I'm still asking for back and forth interaction, but I'm not asking them to make a purchase because I want them to get to know the product first, which makes sense. That's how you treat a real human being. So that's how you should treat them in email. That's how you treat a real human being. So that's how you should treat them in email. Man, so, so simple, but so profound at the same time. Uh, really, uh, the, one of the main themes I'm taking away so far with your process, Lexi, is to have a process <laughs> and to go through it and then you know what you're reacting to and what your reference point is of what should change and what should be improved not just ah like i think the welcome flow isn't doing so well like you you know it's not doing well because you have these benchmarks you you have the one topic per email just really 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 good stuff there yeah. um, and your your post-purchase sequence should basically mirror your welcome flow so you're still telling your brand story all over again just change up the wording slightly and you might think oh is that annoying like no no I like my favorite people that I follow favorite brands that I follow I know their story inside and out because I am passionate about it and I believe in it and that only came from me hearing it more than once or from more than one different angle so don't worry that like oh I already said this in an email in the welcome sequence and now I'm saying it again you want to repeat yourself frequently like what is your brand positioning like say that multiple times in multiple emails and the post-purchase sequence I think in Clavio is just one email where it's like thank you for your order which is great not every brand has that set up like definitely have that set up a thank you message but you can expand on that to then go into another message that tells your story or shows a bunch of photos of different people using their product and be like here's where we all hang out in this Facebook group like make sure you're there with us um, you can send, just as I send a lot of emails in the post-purchase sequence, because I know they're not going to make another purchase in like at least 14 days or something. So I fill that with what I want them to know about it. Yeah. Oh, man. it's And it, that is one of the most vulnerable times, too, of that uh, I just gave this person, and usually for the first time, this brand i use my credit card on the internet with this brand i don't know these people haven't met them in person i didn't touch the products all this stuff of online shopping versus retail not talking to someone live all these things uh oh did i like should i have waited for a deal should i have like bought this or ah, i don't know that regret that remorse that oh, when my is my order gonna arrive all these things start to swirl through customers heads after they get get it before the package is at their door and the post-purchase welcome flow is you helping guide them like from from that credit card swipe to the the box and at their door right it's like we're still here we're still getting to know each other it's not just like okay bye thanks for your money and we'll we'll talk to you in six months for the next sale like you don't want that yeah, yeah, that's a really good point to bring up. And when someone's paid you, but the product hasn't arrived yet, 
you have their undivided attention. Like those open rates on those first few emails before they receive the product are the highest in your entire account. So you want your best messaging going there, like your most heartfelt, like true connections, like put that all in there because they're opening the emails and wanting to hear what you have to say. Those are the most opened emails almost out of all, all of them, right? And so again, you're not probably not going to be repeating yourself too much and like no one's going to get upset because not everyone opens the welcome, the first welcome flow. And so if you repeat yourself in this post purchase, cool. Like they might've missed it the first time anyway. So don't worry about that. Over communicate, be clear. Uh, and again, probably same, same rule of one message, one thing per email applies, keep them focused, get them to just consume everything quickly, not skim and miss a bunch of stuff with these super long emails. Okay. So you, you have the welcome flow and then you have the post-purchase welcome flow. Two main areas to start. What's what's after that? Yeah, the next thing I set up is the abandoned cart or sometimes it's called the abandoned checkout flow. This is where you just get a ton of traffic through these emails because they started checking out enough to put their email in and their address, but they didn't quite hit buy. So you you have them at like this very specific point in their buyer's journey. <clears throat> so definitely have that flow set up with dynamic products that so shows them what was in their cart. It reminds them because they're probably not super familiar with your brand. So like you need the email to look like your brand. So they remember having shopped with you, especially if they're shopping around with your competitors. Um, so just make sure your bank cart is set up correctly. And I like to divide the emails out by new versus returning customers so that people coming back get different messaging because newbies usually need a little bit more intro content. Like this is what it does and this is why we're returning customers need more reminders. Um, I'll usually offer a discount later down the flow just to reward them for coming back. <clears throat> but yeah, make sure you've got your abandoned cart set up and running. Yeah, that is uh, really important and is still often overlooked. Uh, by many folks. They just, I got my Facebook ads, I'm acquiring customers, my ROAS is all good, but the bucket's leaky and uh, you're not capturing all those people, you're not converting as much. It's a whole ecosystem. If you have more traffic to the site, you want to capture more and convert them more so that uh, when you're running paid traffic to your site, you want to make take advantage of it. You want to make it the most efficient possible. So the abandoned, uh, now is there a difference between abandoned cart and abandoned checkout? Yes, there is. <laughs> um, in Clavio, it's kind of confusing. It doesn't make sense. But in Clavio, it's called abandoned cart. But if you look at what actually triggers it, it's not when they add something to cart. It's when they've started checking out, like on that different Shopify page where they're putting in their address. That's a checkout page where cart is like that side I don't know where it slides in from the right. You know what I'm talking about on a website. It's just like sitting in their cart, but they haven't like given any information. Like they're probably just saving a bunch of different products. So it's truly an abandoned checkout. You can if you have enough traffic set up both flows, but just just focus on setting up your abandoned checkout, which is called the abandoned cart. <laughs> but you'll see it's, it's triggered by a checkout and make sure you've got the right filters on it. So... That has not been in this flow in the last like seven to 10 days. So they're not getting repeat emails really fast um, and has not made a purchase in starting this flow. So if they do make a purchase and then you offer them 15% off three days later, they don't get that email after they've made a purchase. So make sure your uh, filters are set up. Yeah, those filters are can be a little tricky as, as worded as explained. Uh, abandoned cart versus checkout. Those filters are important. It's not not only for your margins, which is selfish reason for you, but maybe they'll purchase before they get to the discount. Cool, you just saved a few, a few bucks. But also just customer experience and satisfaction. Uh, we all hate getting that sales email right after we purchase. And, and that that day, a few days later, a week later, like, man, I just bought. Like, I, I could have saved 20 bucks. Like, that just doesn't feel good. So that's in that, like, you 
it's inevitable it's gonna happen but like these flows are helpful to make sure that it happens way less <laughs> um so make sure those are dialed in for sure okay after the abandoned cart slash checkout <laughs> what is kind of the next uh step in this in the, in the puzzle yeah so the next step is i if there's more flow set up <clears throat> i map them all out like I'll either draw them or use a Miro or Whimsical board. They're just different websites for drawing flow maps. Um, I map out all the different flows. There could be like a birthday flow. There could be like a wind back or a cross sell, like all these different automated sequences. Because when I'm looking at a new account that I've not been in before, the most common error that I see is huge overlap issues with the flows so someone could get no email for a week and a half and then get four in one day like I have seen that that's not uncommon to have that and that's because the flow triggers like the confusing gibberish about like has not been in flow in seven days like all those if then statements are not set up correctly so think about like what you want to say to someone at different points of their experience interacting with your brand write that all down in a map and then translate that into Clavio speak of if then that statements of how your flows are set up. So yeah, the number one thing I see go wrong is triggers are set up incorrectly. Yeah, and that is so just not talked about as much, especially in these high level tweets and blog posts and newsletters. And again, so even some podcasts is just like, make sure your abandoned cart set up. And that's it. It's like, move on. It's like, no, there's actually like specifics that can make or break that part. And that's what we're trying to get into and have shared so far. Yeah, I it's the I still screw this up. Like yesterday I made a pop-up where the list did not connect to the welcome flow. It was only on for like 10 minutes, but I was like scrambling really fast to go fix it. Like this is so easy to screw up and it like one little and or toggle like switched incorrectly will completely change who sees your emails when so it's kind of a pain in the butt it's what I love to do I love the nitty-gritty but I know not everyone loves this stuff but you gotta go through and just like double read through all of the flows and like map it out that's the only way I can do it and not lose track like map it out on paper like draw a line from one box to the next like they filled out the pop-up. Does it go to welcome flow? Are we sure? Is that the same list? Okay, yes, it's the right list. Okay, once they go from the welcome flow, do they go to this? Okay, yes. Then my double checking, like that is the easiest thing to screw up. It's what I see happen the most. It's what I still screw up. It's why I have to function off of like a million super long checklists because I will just make these mistakes if I don't double check myself. But yeah, this point number five, like triple quadruple check all of your flows make sure they're set up right and logical and not sending 12 emails to someone on one day <laughs> yes that it would be the worst waste of your ad dollars is to acquire them get them in there and then kind of botch it and ruin that first impression like you mentioned earlier i think it's really really good way to frame it halfway through what's step number six um so is the post-purchase sequence and having more than just one thank you. So like we said earlier, mirror your welcome flow, be chatty, like be friendly, explain why you're doing stuff. Um, and one call to action per uh, email. And I'll also make sure that the people getting these welcome sequence or the post-purchase sequence are blocked off from getting all other different emails. Because I have their attention. I know exactly where they are at in the buyer's journey, and I know exactly which messages I want to send them. So if I'm sending out an email like featuring my best sellers as just like a one-off campaign, I, I don't really want someone that bought two days ago to see that. I want them to see a big, long email about my brand's mission and like why I do what I do. That's so much, that makes so much more sense to me than highlighting a bestseller. So I I block people that just purchase from receiving any campaigns. Um, I just create a segment in Clavio that's like purchase in the last however many days it takes to go through the thank you flow. For me, it's usually like 14 days or so because I have a, a long, thorough <laughs> thank you flow. Um, but yeah, I, I'll make sure that they're not getting any random messaging that doesn't make sense for where they're at in their journey. 
I want to reiterate that you just mentioned that you're going to send multiple emails to someone within a 14-day window. And for some brand owners who are allergic to email and sending to their list, I just want I just want to like tee up Lexi here to go all in on this point. They are opting in to hear from you. They want to hear from you, especially after they just gave you money. And like Lexi mentioned earlier, they do not have yet the product or goods that they they bought from you. They want to hear from you. They're opting in. If they find it annoying, they will self-opt out and click unsubscribe. And that's okay. You do not want them to stop. You don't want the small amount of people who will do that to stop you from educating everyone else. I'm sure you have more to say about this. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have one brand that I work with and their post-purchase sequence is 60 days. So for 60 days, they're getting a very tailored set of emails, but they have a product that requires a lot of education on how to use the product. So it makes sense to send them more than just like one email explaining how to use it. Uh, but yeah, people want to get emails. They don't open every email anyways. So, you know, they're not looking at everything. So it's okay to repeat yourself. It's okay to send multiple emails. And if you see your unsubscribe rates go up, like that's a sign to you that you're bothering people and you can look at where that's coming from. So you can adjust your flows to maybe be like every three to five days an email goes out and then see, okay, did my unsubs drop? Like there's a bunch of different ways you can test to see if you're sending too many emails, but it's very, very rare that I see a brand oversending unless they're doing it accidentally with the flow mix up thing. But yeah, you can send multiple emails. Yes. I was just about to say the only thing where you're probably sending too much is what you mentioned earlier is if it's on accident, if it's a filter problem. So double check that, send the emails, let them opt out, let them tell you. Uh, they opted in for a reason, they'll opt out for a reason. Don't assume. Okay, so good. Let's keep moving. What's next? Okay, what's next on my list? <clears throat> I've got campaigns. So campaigns are the one-off emails that you send that are not automated by a trigger. You send them on like a Tuesday. So um, I'll send anywhere from one to three campaigns a week for brands that I work with, depending on the size of the brand, like what kind of subscribers they have, like if they can, you know, have that many emails going out. And um, when I'm looking at campaigns, the first thing I'm looking at is who am I sending them to? Because I know you've heard this a million times. Don't send them to everyone. It is so tempting. I know this. It's so tempting to be like, oh, but if I send it to everyone, maybe they'll make a purchase. This person that's not open 20 emails, like maybe just this one time, something magical will happen. Don't. You're hurting your account. <laughs> you need to segment your audience. So want to clarify that because uh, like, I, like we've been talking about, uh, we hear that advice. But what does, like, and we've been doing a great job so far in translating, what does that actually mean? Is it, what is that segment or what is that filter that you're setting up to not send to the whole list? Let's talk, let's get into more specifics on this campaign stuff. Yeah, I just did this for a brand, so I'll walk you through what I recently did. Um, they didn't have any of these set up. So I went and created a bunch of segments in Clavio, and I will start with 90-day engaged segments so engaged means they somehow interacted with your brand they either opened an email or they clicked on an email or they were active on your site or they made a purchase or they just signed up to be on your email list like in the last 90 days and i'll send a campaign to that segment i usually split it out and do 90 day engaged customers versus 90 day engaged non-customers because i like to personalize it even more but if we're just going to be simple like a 90 day engaged segment and if you've got open rates like around a 20% and a click rate around a 1%. Like look at your benchmarks in Clavio to see if it's right for your uh, industry. But if the open rates are around there, then I would stick to the 90 day window. If you're still like not hitting anywhere near that, go down to a 60 day window, then go down to a 30 day window until you're just working with your engaged people. And and so why why is this so important? Why is working with engaged people and getting that window down and these open rates and 
these right benchmarks like what's the whole point of that like what is this what's what what does that lead to and what does that mean for our overall ecosystem yeah so on, on the techie side of things that just like pads your deliverability so when you're sending to an email provider like you you appear trustworthy like they know you're not spam um it but like from the email marketing side what i'm looking at is I need to see response to my emails to know what's working, what's not. If I'm consistently sending to like basically a dead list of people that are not engaging, like my metrics are totally off. I have no idea what people are connecting to, what they're not. I'm also paying for that in Clavio. Like I'm paying to send them more emails um, by having more people on my list that I'm not interacting with. So just do yourself a favor, run like a a sale or a sunset flow, like blast those emails with discounts. And then if they don't purchase after two weeks, like just, just take them off your list. <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah. Okay. So we, we want engagers because it helps tailor messaging, helps better track performance and benchmarks. And, uh, it's more, it's more cost efficient if we're sending to less people, if they're the ones taking action, don't send it to everyone and drive up your cost of sending and not get as much performance out of the list. It's a double whammy. I see. Okay. It's like running a Facebook ad to an audience that's not responding. Like, I know you worked hard to get those emails and it really sucks to see them go. I know. Cause I'm the one that has to hit suppress on those emails. It is like crushing every single time, but you get better at it with time at making sure you're collecting emails that are engaged. And then once you've got like a really solid first impression email set up, they're less likely to fall off anyways. So the new emails joining your account are going to be solid and opening and engaging and like care about what you're sending and excited to open your emails. So yeah, just move the dead ones, your lessons learned off your video. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta let them go. Uh, don't hold on for too long. <laughs> it's not dragging. It's not just dragging you down mentally. But it's lit like we said, it's literally costing you more in Clavio to send more emails to people not responding. Okay, so get that engager list in your campaigns. And ca what else in campaigns? What What's important with these one-off sends? So you can say who you're sending to and then make sure you exclude certain people. So like we'll filter them out. So I'll exclude people that purchased in the last however many days is my post-purchase window. Um, I'll exclude people that are in my welcome flow. So maybe they just signed up a couple days ago. I want them to get the welcome emails. I don't care if they get this bestsellers feature email. Um, so I just make sure I'm excluding the right people. And then maybe if a brand did like a big giveaway and they have a bunch of lists, I know that because we just did this this week. So that's why I'm thinking about it so much. I'll make sure those people are getting their own set of emails to introduce them to the brand. So I won't send them this random campaign email. So yeah, 90 day engagers. I will send the same campaign, but split it to different segments um, and then just tailor the language just slightly so it makes sense if they're a non-customer versus a returning customer. So maybe instead of like returning customers, it'd be like, add to your collection, but non-customers may be like, try this first. <laughs> so if you want to get granular, you can keep segmenting and then tailoring your emails to be even more personalized. Uh, but yeah, start with 90 day engage. And that's all <clears throat> amazing stuff. And that's all what we're talking about of personalization and being personable uh, and not just pulling in, hi, first name, and then having the same message for everyone. Those are the little things that actually move the needle and actually make it feel like you're talking to someone one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, so that's the setup. That's the technical stuff. Like that's all that, but why do I send a campaign? <laughs> what's, what's my goal with campaigns? What are some different reasons why I might send a campaign out. Stay friend of mind. <laughs> you do not want to be messaging someone on Black Friday and you've not talked to them in two months. Like, no. <laughs> so campaigns are just stay friend of mind and keep people in your ecosystem of a brand and get them engaging with you. And um, if they're not always salesy, like it's okay to send a variety of emails. Most brands that I work with actually don't want to go salesy and I have to push them more towards salesy content because they did sign up to receive like salesy content. <laughs> like they're expecting messaging from a brand, not from their coworker. Um, but yeah, you can send a variety of different content throughout the month. And it's the biggest focus is just keeping your brand front of mind and um, 
building that relationship with your customers beyond just here's our product. Bye. Hope you like it. Like develop a relationship with them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You don't need to just send, Hey, here's another discount. Here's another discount. Oh, new product. That's not what just campaigns are for. That's not what just email is for. Uh, it's to have a continuing ongoing conversation. You as a brand have a really unique opportunity, especially in the direct to consumer world of being able to talk and listen and respond and go back and forth with your customers that you're just typically not able to do in retail unless you have your own retail store, which many D2C brands just don't have yet, especially at this stage. So email, SMS, your social pages and DMs, that's all places to keep talking and keep it going. So it's not just six months later, okay, sale time. And it's, uh, they're not, they don't know what you've been up to. They don't know what's, uh, they lose that personal connection. So uh, lean into that. Make sure you are telling your story and sharing your brand, brand founder journey. Yeah. Like, for example, today I'm sending out an email for a brand. Their co-founder was just interviewed on a podcast explaining the, the problem that this product solves and, like, why the problem exists and how there's different versions of this problem. And to our list, to the people subscribed for our emails, like that would be a really good podcast. Like they would be like, I want to learn all about this because this problem sucks and I want to fix it. Um, so I sent that email out like, hey, we got featured on a podcast. If you listen to it, here are the five different things we're going to talk about. Um, click here to listen. Like that's an email that goes out. It's highly relevant. It's what they want to see. Like it's not too salesy, but like it's still selling our product and talking about it. Um but yeah, they're, they're fans. Like we know exactly what they're struggling with and we know exactly how to help them. So we're going to send them an email this week explaining all of that, uh, featuring our recent podcast feature. Yes. Uh, that is just so good. And more people need to keep thinking of what you're already doing. A lot of the times, uh, especially in our little corner on Twitter where we're interviewing each other and DMing and having these threads and all this stuff repurpose that try to like share oh i had this interesting conversation i had this exchange I, I was on this episode like they bought from you they're supporting you they're still opted into your emails like they want to hear from you and if they don't they will tell you or unsubscribe so again that's probably like the far 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 minority of people that will sub unsubscribe or not be supportive most of the time they'll be neutral or really help, really stoked to check it out. So I, lo I love that point about what else to send in those campaigns. Yeah, or maybe they like follow you religiously on Instagram, but they're just so not email people. Like they just gave you a spam email. Like that's, that's if you're list cleaning, you'll remove their email, but they're following you in some other way or interacting with you or, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So don't worry about too much communication. Uh, Typically, over-communicating and being more clear is better. So um, we're, we get, we're going to start winding down, start landing this crazy little airplane we've been on. Uh, we got a couple more points to get through, though. So what is up next? So the next one is creative. So how your emails look. This is what I love to do. <laughs> so it's kind of what I specialize in is making those really, like, e-commerce, D2C, like, pretty-looking emails. Um, so just a couple quick tips when designing creative for your email, the number one thing it needs to do is tell people like who it is. Um, this, and this is common. Like a lot of times the emails are so vastly different or there's not even a logo at the top that I'm like, who, who sent me this? You have like 400 messages. You're like me. I have like a billion unread messages. So when I open your email, I need to immediately recognize you. So make sure it's just immediately recognizable. It's consistent branding and design and the logo just all says who it's from and then when i'm designing emails i zoom out a ton and see can i skim it and still get the gist of it and then i send it to my um, laptop and i send it to my phone and just look at what the experience is like on both and just see where do my eyes go like what am i actually reading what am i not reading does this button even make sense uh a couple quick tips like that yeah, so what? It's not just dumping in content and hitting send. It, like, there's more to it? What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, crazy, man. 
It's almost like there's entire freelancers and agencies that exist to handle this part of your business. Ugh. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who? Yeah, only if there was a reliable freelancer like to hire to do this for you so you don't have to worry about it. And you'll get really sick, good results. Okay, so that's a little few tips on creative. Uh, great point about checking that phone. Uh, for Depending on the brand, a lot of your traffic might be coming from mobile. Uh, check that out on your website. You can, I'm sure you can view that in Clavio and kind of see what's going on there. So after you do the creative, um, what's, uh, we haven't talked about subject line or copy yet. Uh, maybe that's in the next points, but, uh, just wanted to, uh, chat about that maybe. Yes. Copy is what I'm trying to learn more of the most because it just makes such a difference when you've got good copy like getting in the head of the people opening your emails and just like really getting on their level and like relating to them and explaining what it is that you do and why <clears throat> so the whole only point of the subject line is just to get them to open the email but don't do anything spammy or that doesn't at all match what the email says because then you break that trust and again establish trust if you can establish trust with your subscribers like they're they're going to open your emails the same way someone gets excited when they see it like an instagram notification that someone's out posted like establishing trust with someone is a million times more effective than finding really fantastic subject lines that are very clicky like that that is not the long-term strategy like the long-term strategy is trust and connection so in copy, I, that's what I focus on is just being human and being honest and uh, explaining like exactly what it is that you're doing, even if it's like less clicky. <laughs> so clarity and honesty is just so much more important than anything like clever <laughs> or cute. Um, so yeah, that's what I focus on in copy. Clear over clever. This is literally... Uh, Danavir and I had a conversation many episodes ago about this and literally said the same exact stuff so uh, listeners if you haven't picked up on it clear over clever you're you're not you're not the next David Ogilvy superstar strategist John Hamm like Mad Men type thing where you're making this cool ad campaign that's gonna be so catchy and go viral like you're just talking to customers meeting them where they are and clearly communicating what you want them to do and what they should know so that's that's the skinny on copy okay yes what what are just, what are our please and go be ahead. mindful of your formatting like send it to your phone and if it's a wall of text like it's okay like it's it this is not like high school english like it does not need to be correct like put some spaces between your sentences break it up do some bold you know, make sure you got like headlines, like make sure you can consume it visually very easily. Um, and yeah, and, and just talk about problems and what solves them. <laughs> yes. And you're the, the brand is the solution the the customer is the hero going through this journey and you're help. You're there to help them and aid them on the journey. Okay. Let's, let's wind down. Let's wrap up these last points here. Okay. Well, we've, mostly talk about these last points. So okay. the last two is list health we talked about, which basically means like taking off the people that just gave you spam addresses or never opened anything. Um, I'll create like a suppression list and I'll do people that haven't opened, clicked, um, engaged or bought a product in any recent time frame, and remove those people unless it's near Black Friday and then I'll like spam them one last time <laughs> not spam them but you know what i mean like give them one yeah. last time to make a conversion yeah, especially if yeah. i know they've only ever purchased with a, with a coupon code but yeah list health so just make sure you are removing people that don't want to be there not engaging and that you're using segments and then the last one number 10 is reporting so Clavio does a great job of this there are benchmarks in Clavio that shows you how you're performing to similar sized businesses in your industry. And that is just like, oh, so relieving because you're like, oh, this is typically good or this is not. Um, and it'll like tell you like green or red, <laughs> these are your open rates, this is your purchase rate, you know, all of that. Um, so go deep dive through your benchmarks, spend an afternoon like looking at all of them and 
see where are the biggest cracks in your email marketing that you can address that will have the most impact. So that's probably not like email seven on your birthday flow. Like that's probably like focusing on your second email in your abandoned card sequence. Like it'll show you what's working and what's not. And as long as you're looking once a month at those and refreshing yourself and be like, oh, this got better or this got worse, then you're staying on top of things. Yep. And it's really important. And as everyone listening, uh, early brand owners know, time is one of your uh, constraints as well, not just capital, but is your time and energy. So at least once a month, 30 minutes, an hour, go check it out. Just do it once a month, get into the habit routine. The more you know and understand, once you finally are able to hire someone like Lexi, hire an agency, hire someone internally, you're able to better communicate and understand what they're doing or what they're not doing and seeing if they're adding or detracting from your business. So uh, it's always good to get the foundations set and then you know what you're outsourcing. Lexi, this 10 points uh, self-guided audit was incredible. I cannot believe uh, it's been almost an hour already. I wanted to give you one last uh, chance for the floor, and then I'm going to ask you to plug away on your own stuff. So any last words, advice, tips, or insight for, for Clavio folks? Yeah, I think logging into email, especially if it's not your obsession like me, is very overwhelming at first. And I like, that's okay. <laughs> like there's like a million different like little graph looking things and you've got a, like a thousand emails all lined up and a bunch of numbers. You don't know if they're good or not. Like I understand how overwhelming it is. And I just want to go back to the point of treating people like people. It goes back to just honesty, connection, being trustworthy, like talking to someone like you would if they walked into your actual store if that's like your North star, when you're setting up email flows and you're writing your emails and you're designing them, like you're going to be fine. And people will forgive you if you accidentally send them something wrong, like because they know who you are and they know what you're about. So keep that as your North star. And then everything else is just like everything else in life practice makes better. So it's just like working through the kinks and teaching yourself, reading how-to articles, you know, University of Google, teaching yourself how to send the right kind of campaigns, whatever. Um, but just keep your North Star, like what your brand values are and everything else will fall into place after that. What a perfect, beautiful way to end. Very human, very lovely. Lexi, where the heck can people find you if they want to talk to you, ask you questions or hire you? Yes, so I am the Lexi Bennett on every social media everywhere, <laughs> pretty much. I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. So on Twitter, I just interact with other people's threads and chit chat about email. And on Instagram, I kind of post um, in stories, just like a day in the life posts all the time and geek out about all the emails that I'm making. Um, but you can DM me there and that would be really fun. <laughs> I love connecting with other business owners and um I don't have a lot of friends like in real life that I talk to about marketing and email because it's a very niche obsession <laughs> but I have a lot of like Twitter and Instagram friends that we just geek out and freak out of all the latest updates and all the fun stuff like that so that's where you can find me online please follow the Lexi Bennett Lexi thank you so much for your time it's so good to talk really appreciate it I think this is a really good episode uh everyone else listening let us know if you liked it. Let me know. Let Lexi know. DMS. We're human. We're not just the yes. voice in, in your earphones. <laughs> uh, we, I want to hear from you. I want to keep making the show better. I want to keep providing the right guests, the right topics, and all this stuff. So DM me. DM Lexi. Leave a rating interview if you're into that. And thanks so much. We'll catch you next week on the next episode.